Baby, I love your, your way. way every day. Da, 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 da. Uh, this is Home Time, the podcast with Andy Bush and Richie Firth. Can we just start off with uh, kind of a warning, a health warning, uh, a message to make sure everyone's okay? Anyone who's trying to get through this week with children and half-term. And it's mm. half-term for a lot of people this week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, Richie, but I feel quite broken. Uh, it's only day one of half-term, but I feel quite broken. Uh, we've already, as a family, even this morning, had to come home from town having breakfast because uh, our six-week-old daughter had an absolute meltdown. So uh, <laughs> anyone who's trying to do any stuff at the same time as half-term in it, you've just got our respect. I think the thing that's uh, hacked me off is uh, my daughter has... Uh, won some art competition. Oh right, yeah. Uh, I'm not hacked off at the fact that she's won, <laughs> but uh, it's it's got to be dropped off at uh, a museum uh, between eleven and two. Very specific. Very specific. During a half term, I'm kind of thinking, no, no, this is this is this is a school thing, right? Yeah. I, I don't like the fact that it's being t- dictated during my half terms are very high maintenance, aren't they? It really is high, uh, high maintenance. And I t- I'll give you another thing as well. And I don't want to get in trouble with anyone here, but doing a week of half term with my daughter, right? And then on Monday when you think, oh, they're going back to school, I know there's a teacher training day. <laughs> Just going to leave that there. Yeah. They've had the week. They've had the week to do How that. How does that work? Is it, I, I get the impression, and I don't know the world of teaching, but that it's almost as if they've got sort of like five days a year yeah. that they've got to do teacher training on and they judiciously... <laughs> sort of uh, put them throughout the year, either on Fridays or Mondays. Generally Mondays. Generally a Monday. Yeah. And God, if you're a teacher as well and you want to have a big weekend, you do it as well, wouldn't you? you do, put they, it on the do they actually go into the school on that day and get trained? I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. I think it might be a myth. I think they all meet up at like and go and do old-fashioned school trips, but for themselves. They go to Thorpe Park. Laser Quest. La- they go Laser Quest together. <laughs> yeah. Teachers, if you're listening, what do you lot do with these days? What are you up to? Home time at Absolute Radio. .co.uk. Let's blow this up. Uh, blow this apart. Edit that. <laughs> blow it out of the water. <laughs> Absolute radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Andy Bush and Richie Firth. This is Hometime on a Monday afternoon. Good to have you company. What an amazing, gorgeous day, Richie Firth. Absolutely gorgeous. It's going to get worse as the week goes on. Oh, mate. What? What a start to the show. <laughs> Just, just as it is. There's me thinking me and you get our knitwear on, we go and kick some leaves and stuff like that as well, <laughs> and you're just saying, this is it, this is as good as it gets. Yeah, tomorrow will be nice. Okay, and then after that? I consume weather all the time. You consume the atmosphere, mate. Sit, sit at home in the morning, watch weather forecast, <laughs> coming to work. I tell you what, it's brilliant working with him, it's such a laugh. <laughs> Let me tell you about this, though, in terms of swings and roundabouts. On the way next, I'll tell you about the thing that happened to me at Hadley Cycle Track on Saturday for the first time in 42 years. Quite the revelation. Find out what it is in a minute. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. First day of half term as yes. well, so your journey home will no doubt be quicker than normal. Uh, speaking of half term and knocking around with kids and all that kind of stuff, uh, I took my eldest daughter cycling to Hadley Cycle Park on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, which is a brilliant, very lucky in Essex to have like an Olympic standard cycling park. Beautiful. Loads of little country lanes and all that kind of thing and bordering fields. And I had a near death experience. What, came <sighs> off your bike? No, not nothing like that. Nothing that I was expecting at all in a million years, bearing in mind I had my helmet and everything yeah. ready to go. I got stung on the back of the neck by a bee. 
<laughs> now, <laughs> and I've lasted 42 years, right? 42 years without being stung. That ever. was your first sting. First ever stink. Wow. You ever been stung before? Do you know what? As I recollect, only the one time it was on a family picnic and it was going after my Ribena, I can remember. Yeah. But it was, you know, that was the only time in my life that was it I really painful? Been stung. You remember it being really painful? I remember crying, but I was young. I was, honestly, I absolutely freaked out. I, I hate wasps and bees and all that kind of stuff anyway. And, you know, like the, the worst thing is about what happened at the weekend because cycling around with my eldest, she's only eight, and you expect your dad to be all kind of like tough and quiet and to suffer pain and silence and be a bit kind of Clint Eastwood about it. And I absolutely freaked out. Out. Uh, I, I, uh, this bee came at me. I could feel it in the back of my collar. Was stinging away. Yeah. Jumped off my bike, threw the bike into a country lane. <laughs> uh, I flicked my hair so much that my glasses came off. And then I threw my bag on the floor and was running around left, right, and centre. It was unbelievable. And I've got a dirty big sting on the back of my neck now. And I keep having to rub this cream called Anthazan. <laughs> it's on got a good name. Anthazan. And I've got to be rubbing this on it uh, a couple of times a day or whatever. So. I've just got my calculator up Bad. on my uh, phone to do some rudimentary calculations. Because I think that uh, of the animal and insect kingdom, the bees have got the best publicity ever. Well, they're, ter- they're terrifying as far as, like, uh, popular culture is concerned, isn't it? Watch out for bees, swarm of bees. So let's go 42 times 365. Roughly, you've been alive... 15,330 days. It looks like it today, doesn't it? <laughs> that it is, really looks like that it. That is how long it's taken you to be stung by a bee. Even if you divide that by two, because bees generally around in the summer, yep. that's the first time in 7,665 days that that's stung. No, so they're not but quite as we formidable. Well, they're exactly, not as formidable as we kind of think. It's not a very mean? good success ratio on behalf of the bee, that is it? Well, and it, the weird you should say that, because the bit where I got stung by was um, they kind of cordoned it off saying, beware bees, because there was like a bee's nest there. Yeah. And I was kind of saying to my daughter, look at this lot. <laughs> and what happened? I got stung. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I look across the studio and we are lucky to have him with us today. Stung by a bee for yes. the first time in 42 years. One half of Absolute Radio's home time. It's Andy Bush and Richie Firth, Lemonheads and Mrs Robinson. You never know how it's going to pan out, do you, when you finally get stung? You could have a bad reaction. Who knows? So you've had 42 years of hearsay of what a bee sting is like. You suddenly had it. Yeah. Worse or not as bad as you thought? I think for the prolonged sense of itchiness and not feeling quite right, I think worse. <laughs> I think in many, way, many ways worse. And do you know what's happened? Just breaking news in the past four minutes or whatever that song uh, Brendan from our social media team has decided to try and take the mickey out of me as he tends to do in this radio station by superimposing my face and sticking it on something because I've been going on about I've been really boring this lot about this bee sting all day uh, and he's put the caption I got stung by a bee for the first time in 42 years at the bottom in a Jeremy Kyle type environment with my face superimposed on, on one of the type of people that you get on a Jeremy Kyle show <laughs> taking the mickey out of me but ironically back in Brendan's face he's come up with a great bit of show content for us because it's an interesting experiment right take your weekend whatever happened to you good or bad or what indifferent or whatever and boil it down to one sentence that would be the same as a jeremy carl show statement they have in the box at the bottom right hand corner and see if it sounds any good for me i got stung by a bee for the first time in 42 years <laughs> richie boil down your weekend into that one my statement. life's so busy i don't even have time for match of the day anymore i'd watch that program <laughs> i'd watch it Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. 
but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio's hometime show on a Monday afternoon with Andy Bush and Richie Fur. What a song that is. Prince and Gold. I might nick that for 80s versus 90s because it's from 1995. You can't. Why not? Because it's been played already this week. The, the rules of the competition. That's not one of the rules. You can't. You can't do that. You can't stand there with that trophy in the background, meaning that you've won it, and Sorry. deny me the opportunity. This I knew he's going to do that. Yeah. I knew he's going to do that. We'll see Friday at five o'clock what happens. <laughs> Meanwhile, right now on this show, we're asking you to summarise your weekend in a single caption, in the style of the Jeremy Carl show. For me, I got stung by a bee for the first time in forty-two years. My life's so busy, I don't have time for Match of the Day anymore. I genuinely watched that. I would watch that programme to find out what happened to Richie. Summarise your weekend and tell us about it. Lee from Welling says, my online big shop was cancelled again. <laughs> uh, David Nuneaton says, I spent all Sunday painting the kitchen and she hates it. Oh, oh Dave! Why I order? <laughs> uh, Ian in Boreham Wood says, uh, help my child's addicted to soft play. Oh, mate. Uh, ben, I sprained my son's wrist in a play bar. Oh. <laughs> I had to pick up two piles of dog sick on Saturday on my birthday, says Nameless. Also, a final uh, anonymous <laughs> one as well. I haven't slept since Black Ops 4 came out. I know how he feels. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. But right now, we're asking you to summarise your weekend in a single statement, a bit like the Jeremy Carl show. We know they have a caption at the bottom right. So this started off with me. I got stung by a bee for the first time in 42 years. What happened to you? Steve Austin says, I'm 45 and I've never been stung by a wasp or bee. I feel them anyway, Steve. Your comment is just a kind of getting back at me. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> Carl says, I spent a night in a travel lodge and had Greg's for breakfast. Uh, James in Westminster says, I cleaned my lean-to and then had a barbecue and a beer. Thank no. you for getting in touch, James. I'm not sure that's a Jeremy Carl episode. It's not going to pull him in, is it? <laughs> the lean-to and the beer. It's just an all right weekend. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the phones and say hello to Jay from Wolverhampton. Jay, could you please summarise for us how your weekend panned out in the style of the Jeremy Carl show? I was playing squash. My my wife forced me to play carry on playing squash while my shorts had been torn. <laughs> I completely ripped my shorts right open. Yeah. Wow. It's it's yeah, it leads a bit of work. <laughs> but you know, that's pretty so what your your wife made you carry on playing squash even though your shorts had ripped completely. Yes, and my bits was kind of dangling everywhere. While Brilliant. OK, cheers, Jay. Thanks yeah. for that, mate. There we go, we'll knock him off there. <laughs> I'm speculating that Jay's wife was winning at the time. Definitely in the lead. Thank you for your comments on this. With Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute radio. The last couple of weekends, as Jeremy Carl show style captions coming in here. Uh, this one, uh, I drove a fully laden van to Kenton back, work stuff in the rear, wife and mother-in-law in the front. Once again, I'm not seeing Jeremy go with that one. A bit steel as wheel, actually. <laughs> and Sam says, I went bowling for my nephew's birthday and I ate my mum's onion rings. That's a good one. I would watch that episode. Now, mine was actually the fact that life is too busy now for match of the day. 
a quick little ruling on this is something mm. I'd appreciate. Um, life is now too busy. I, I couldn't catch Match of the Day live on Saturday night. I was on full-on, literal babysitting duties. Yeah. Sunday was too busy to catch up on it. So I actually ended up watching Saturday evening's Match of the Day this morning at around about half past ten. Well, that is controversial. I, mean, I agree with you on it being too busy and too late. Sometimes it has to be a damn good Match of the Day to want to stay up until midnight. Because sometimes if you're at the, the tail end of Match of the Day, and being an Everton fan, we've been tail end of match of the day quite a bit. You're on at like, I don't know, quarter to midnight. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because I, I sat, I wanted to watch it this morning, but I thought to myself, I know Swansea get thumped. Yep. I know Jose's had another run in. I know Spurs scraped yet another win. Why am I sitting down watching this? It, it, it felt like it was wrong to watch it this late. But the question is, is it wrong? Well, my, my ruling on this would be as follows. I think match of the day has a 24-hour Best before date. Okay. Okay, so if you're Monday morning, I would only watch the Sunday one Monday morning. Which has a Saturday. recap of Saturday anyway, doesn't it? Exactly. And for me, watching old match of the day is like, you know sometimes if you're in a doctor's reception and you accidentally uh, end up reading the paper, then you suddenly realise <laughs> it's from a few days ago. And you put it on the floor, like, oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has a, a view on this in terms of a technical ruling. We like specifics on this show. What is the expiry date of an edition of Match of the Day? If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. I watch Saturday afternoon's match of the day this morning at half past ten. But is that past its sell-by date? Is that another Jeremy Carl show thing? <laughs> I think it could be. It could be. We're looking for a ruling from you lot. <laughs> Tim in Hampshire says, if your team has won, then there's no expiry. If they've lost, then watch it live or not at all. I'd say that's fair, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I've got a rule that I never watch match of the day when Everton lose. Can't watch it often then. But thanks very much, Richie. And this text is, hey Bush and Richie, it's John from Hornchurch. The expiration date of the match of the day is literally straight away nowadays with the Sky Sports app you can watch all the goals half an hour after the games are finished good point it's a good point but I like people talking about stuff afterwards yes I like the analysis yeah I want the spotlights and the arrows and the squiggly lines I want to see the shine on the top of Shearer's head absolute radio 30,000 this is a no-brainer, £30,000, and it is so easy to get. And can I just give you a reminder? It is 64 days to Christmas. Oh, don't do that. I'm just saying. Don't I'm do just that. Saying. Are you like a massive Christmas fan? Yeah, I love it. You see, because we had a little conversation the other day about eating festive food too early, like mince pies and stuff, and they got a little red flag on you there, just that <laughs> maybe he's a bit of a, of a Christmas fan I'd overall. I'd do it now. I'd do it really? now. I'd have a Christmas meal right now. Outrageous. But 64 days for you to fund the whole shebang. So if there's an easy way to get £30,000, surely you'd take the chance. So uh, we don't care how you spend it, we just want to give it away. You don't have to answer any questions. You don't have to listen out for tracks or anything like that. You just need to get your phone out now and text the word WIN to 81215. That's it. Just the word WIN to 81215. 15, good luck. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I was in a pub over the weekend. Quite how it can call itself a pub, though, I do not know after what happened. I'm at the bar ordering food. Mm. Admittedly, I had not looked at the menu at this stage, but I think it was a fair assumption to make when I said, a pint of Guinness and ham, egg and chips, please. Fair enough. At which point I got told, oh, I'm really sorry, sir, we don't do ham, egg and chips. <gasps> how can bad. you call yourself a pub <laughs> and not do ham, egg and chips? 
Do you know what, to all of today, I've been moaning about me sting, you've been going on about ham, egg and chips. <laughs> I just don't understand it. What is this country coming to if you can't walk into a pub and order a gammon steak with egg and chips? It's weird, isn't it? You always think ham, egg and chips would be like one of the building blocks of pub food. If you think of pub food in your mind, ham, egg and chips is one of the essentials, isn't it? Don't you Absolutely. Think? Well, this is the thing, right? It, the, the, the situation progressed in that the bloke said to me, he goes, yeah, it, is, it is a bit of a pub staple, sir. I'm afraid we don't do it, though. We do do Hunter's Chicken, at which point I was slightly pacified. I went, oh, right. well, that's great. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have Hunter's Chicken then. Yeah. Now, that would also be on my list of pub requisites. You can't call yourself a pub, in my opinion, if you don't do Hunter's Chicken, right. ham, egg and chips, uh-huh. fish and chips. Just clarify, clarify Hunter's Chicken for me, mate, because I'm not entirely sure what that is, what that would You've be. You've missed out. I don't, know, I don't know what Hunter's Chicken is. Chicken breast. Yeah. Piece of bacon, provocatively put on top of the breast. <laughs> then some barbecue sauce. Yeah. Melted cheese. Oh, you think that's a pub staple, do you? Yes, I do. I'm not sure it is. I promise you it is. But I share your pain and that just absolute panic, that blind panic of getting into a pub and realising that you're looking at the menu, where's the essentials? So do you know what I mean? What's your three essentials? Well, my three essentials would be, I, I agree with you, let's start there, we've got some common ground, ham, egg and chips. Brilliant. Needs to be on there. Secondly, it's got to be a pie of some variety, pie and chips. Imagine, go, imagine going to a pub and they don't do a single pie. I'd be like Jesus in the marketplace. <laughs> Smash it up in there. <laughs> I think that's what Jesus got annoyed about, wasn't it? Uh, um, and then finally, steak. There's got to be a steak option. Well, I would suggest that my ham, egg and chips, because I'm going with gammon steak, so that is kind of a steak. Well, we were, there was talk of a pub food charter earlier on when we were having a coffee yes. before our, our show. I mean, imagine this, right? Just imagine if, if there was some kind of an agreement that all pubs... If you want to get into the pub food market, right, you have to sign up to an internationally binding agreement where you have to have at least these three meals on there. Every pub has to stock them. You can do extra things on, on your menu. Do whatever you like. But you must include three items. Items. For me, ham, egg and chips, <laughs> hunter's chicken, fish and chips. There you go, and the trouble has already started. Nooksy on Twitter says, hunter's chicken, Firth, give your head a shake. No! <laughs> In your opinion, what three meals have to be on that list? The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. It looks like we've identified a pub crisis. I went into a pub at the weekend. No ham, egg and chips on the menu. Uh, the amount of texts and tweets we're starting to deal with here on this is huge. But what we are after are three dishes that have to be on a pub menu. If you're going to call yourself a pub, by law, they've got to be on there. This is huge. Um, um, maybe we'll direct some of the funds from the British Transport Social Police to this. We'll close down pubs, Prohibition era style, <laughs> if they don't agree to have these three foods on there, but you need to tell us what they are. Max in Kensal Green, I would say, is actually agreeing a little bit with yourself. 8, 12, 15 on the text. Hamburg and chips, steak and ale pie, and a sirloin. That's it's not far off yourself, It's not it? that far off where I'm going with this. Uh, an anonymous text. Hunter's chicken is pure filth. Is that good or bad filth? I say pure filth is good as a description. I think he might be slagging Hunter's chicken off. I don't think he is. Uh, Robin <laughs> Swansea, what about toad in the hole? That is a very good shout. I'd forgotten about that. Toad in the hole would have to be on it. I, do you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't 100% know what Toad in the Hole is. Oh, come on. I genuinely, I don't know what it is. You don't... <laughs> what is it? You don't know what Toad in the Hole is? No, not really. It doesn't really help in terms of its description, <laughs> does it? Um, you're looking at a small Pyrex dish uh, with uh, three sausages lying like three little bed photos in it, and then you put right. some batter in and allow the batter to rise. Beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen that in a pub with menu. With gravy. Never seen that in a pub menu at all. A million years. 
Okay. Really, I just don't think it should be on the list. Do you know what? A lad here has tweeted in live from a pub. Okay, Jason, he's a radio producer. He says, I'm in a pub right now. And he, his little photo that he's taken of the menu uh, is, I, I think, gives proof to the reason why we need this charter. It's when pubs get ideas above their station Go on. and start to serve fancy damn food. Some of the stuff that's on here, wild boar and chorizo burger, a vegan lasagna, <laughs> chicken Caesar salad. No! Who's going to the pub for a salad? Here's the worst one. Red pepper and quinoa. Quinoa burger? I don't even know what that is. Again, listen to the way I say vegan foods and I can't even frame the sentence <laughs> properly. This is why we need the char. Have a think about the foods and let us know. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Talking about stuff that's making me really starving already. A pub food charter, imagine this, right? If all the pubs in the United Kingdom signed up to a bit of legislation where they all had to stock at least these three meals, that if we can agree on them today, they have to be in every pub. So, for for starters, well, not starters as in what you eat in a meal, <laughs> but to, to offer up my charter, it would be ham, egg and chips, it would be hunter's chicken, it would be fish and chips. Uh, for me, ham, egg and chips, we've got an agreement there. Mm. Pie and chips and steak, there has to be a steak option. I think we've come to this because so many pubs now are trying to do outlandish things, yeah. getting ideas above their station. What three meals should be on there as far as you're concerned? Kate says, mac and cheese, always, I'd fish and chips. i that's a side. I reckon it's a side as well. You can't have a whole plate of macaroni no, and cheese. No, it's not a meal. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, Kate, get back to us. Tony Price says definitely needs a mixed grill on there. Now, it's a weird thing, the mixed grill, isn't it? It's lost its way in recent years. How would you define a mixed grill? I would define a mixed grill as such. Uh, it's Because it's very close, that and a, just a normal fry-up. It's a pork chop, which makes the mixed grill <laughs> different from a fry-up. <laughs> Happy to have it on there, though. Uh, John and James on the M40, steak and chips, jacket potato and all-day breakfast, which is probably going back yeah. to it's your mixed grill. Fair enough. Uh, Hunter's chicken, that's a posh pub, mate, says Tom on the M60. It is. Got to be pie and mash, mashed and curry and mixed grill. You're getting a lot of stick about Hunter's Chicken. I think they might be right. I think I don't know what kind of pub, highfalutin pub you're eating in, Henry VIII. <laughs> I didn't feel it was a particularly posh dish. And uh, Dave the Binman, mixed grill, chicken Kiev and prawn cocktail. Obviously uh, pacing his pub back in a different decade. Yeah, give us, uh, give us a bell. The 80s want their pub back. And Ian says, bring back the baskets and throw away the slates and lumps of wood, etc. Anyone oh. serving tiny chips in tiny metal buckets should be Shots. Apart from that, chicken and chips in a basket, scampi and chips in a basket, and a proper cheese ploughman's with a thick, crusty bloomer. It's almost like romantic fiction as far as we're concerned. Absolute radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Sausage and mash, scampi and chips, weird pub rice. <laughs> from Adam on his motorbike in London. Can't believe I had to stop to write this. Oh, I love that. It's great that he's done that. This is Home Time on a Monday night with Andy Bush and Richie Firth asking you this question. If there was a pub food charter and there were three meals which were all in agreement on that every pub in the UK had to stock, what would they be and why? And, and we're basing this on that fear and that panic of getting into a pub and you realising they're trying to be a bit fancy and doing stuff on slates and they haven't got the essentials there. <laughs> Richie, how can you describe toad in the hole without using the words Yorkshire and pudding? You're now banned from eating them. That's from Stu. That's very, very harsh, was isn't remiss, it? I'm sorry He was that. just trying to point it out to me and I love the fact that people are having an argument uh, on Twitter about this. Some bloke says bangers and mash, mixed grill, surf and turf, hunter's chicken is devil's spawn. And then this lady called Alex goes, replying to this bloke, surf and turf, he says. It's alright for some, hun. I'm lucky if my local pub's got crisps. <laughs> it's on our Facebook page at the moment. Have your say. Absolute 
Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Big night tomorrow night. Over the last couple of weeks, you will have heard us talking about our Absolute Radio 10th anniversary pub quiz that Andy and I wanted to put together. Our little nod to the 10 years of this fine radio station. It's taking place tomorrow night at the Counting House pub near Bank. Uh, just had a cursory look at their menu because we could have put ourselves in a rather awkward situation. Oh, yeah, we didn't think about that. Yeah. Should have done our due diligence. Thankfully, this has played out okay. Yeah. Pies. Good. Fish and chips, yep. ham, egg and chips, mm-hmm. sausage and mash and burgers are all on the Counting House pub menu. However, I'm hearing no sign of Hunter's Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anywhere near it. Do you know what? I, I've got to be honest. I've not come out of this very well with the Hunter's Chicken thing and I acknowledge that. But I do wonder whether it's more of a north-south thing. Maybe it is. Maybe we need to do some kind of information video where mm. you can explain to people, like me who's never seen one before, what exactly it is. Yeah. Uh, but still, tomorrow night is the big night. Uh, we've kind of come up with the final set of rounds that we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you this, and this is absolute breaking news. First mention of this, there's going to be a Leona round. <laughs> completely dedicated to Leona. So we've been researching Leona over the past 24 hours. That's going to be happening. Uh, what other rounds have we got going on there? I can also reveal that the Henry Kelly round has made the cut. It has made the cut. Like, it, it's going to be... Under, you know, sometimes in pub quizzes you'll have spot prizes yep. where you break out kind of from your team and anyone can just sling in an answer. Yeah. The Henry Kelly, who am I round, oh my gosh, that is, has made it as, as spot prizes. So the, that's, that's going to be good. I love the fact that you. if someone comes into the other room in that pub, because we, we've got the main room upstairs or something, haven't we? Yeah. They're gonna, they might hear you berating an audience with that pretend Irish accent. No, no, no. No, they'll come in and think, blimey, Henry Kelly's upstairs. Uh, let's have a little look at some of the prizes that we're going to be giving away uh, tomorrow night on the pub quiz with our little conveyor belt. What have we got, Richie? You can recharge your phones thanks to our sponsor Tesco Mobile with some brand new on-the-go chargers. What, a phone charger that's on-the-go? Unbelievably, That is unbelievable. Yes. Tickets to see George Ezra live at Wembley. A £100 Wix gift card from our lovely breakfast show presenters. Take to see Al Murray on tour in a city of your choosing. And the money can't buy prize of a tour of Absolute Radio and to sit in on one of our Friday Any Other Business podcasts. Gets pretty aggro on there, doesn't it? It's pretty lively. <laughs> and for your spot prizes, Richie, I'm hearing as well, giving away Robert's Play M2 radios that are up for grabs in your game of Who Am I? No, Who Am I? Who Am I? Sorry. It's going to be amazing. Find out all about it on Wednesday's show. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. If you want to get yourself into uh, the, I don't know, food equivalent of a barroom brawl that's going on on our Facebook page (laughs) at the moment, just asking this question, if there were three meals that we could get every pub in the United Kingdom to agree to do as part of a pub food charter, what would it be and why? Uh, Ryan says spaghetti bolognese. And we both said to him, it's not a pub meal. I love spaghetti bolognese, but it's not what I expect to find in a pub. Exactly. Mark has gone one stage further, replying to Ryan, saying, 
Who the hell goes to the pub and orders spag bowl? I've heard it all now. What next? Steak and ale pie at the local tandoori? Look, I'm a little bit worried about this. It, 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 it's got the whiff now, this show, of, of last season at Arsenal when the fans were fighting amongst themselves. It's not starting each other. About Wenger out and all that kind Let's of stuff. Let's be friends. <laughs> OK. And, and, and bear in mind, the Half Borders, the podcasters, haven't even had the chance to get involved in this yet. We'll have a whole new kicking off later on, won't we? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, later on, speaking of, uh, Danielle Perry here from 7 o'clock. Richard Ash. Croft, her album of the week uh, in the build-up to his uh, acoustic session on Live Music Thursday. Uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody celebration continues and Daniel has tickets uh, to be won every day to see George Ezra on tour. I mean, we have, by the way, got that as a pub quiz prize tomorrow. Just no, no offence, Daniel. We're digging. <laughs> the Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Can I just say at this point on the show uh, that it turns out, and this is quite a surprise to me, Danielle and Richie both share a very strange bit of behaviour which could almost be on the radar of the British Transport Social Police because they seem to do this on trains or buses or whatever. Uh, and Danielle mentioned this in passing when we were like changing over shows last week. Uh, she does this thing, and, you know, if you do this as well, Please step forward and make yourself known. And she puts her earphones in on the way home after doing her show and not with any sound on, listens to silence. And I, I thought that was quite weird. And I then Richie piped I don't up. know why you think this is weird, but particularly because we've started the British Transport Social, Social Police, Police as this joint venture. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason I will put my noise-cancelling headphones on and and just not actually listen to anything, is because I want to can- cancel out that noise that is surrounding me. But I think they cancel the noise when you then listen to stuff. They don't just generally cancel the noise, do well, they? what if you don't want to listen to something? What if you just want to listen and you just want to <laughs> sit in silence? That's what I will do. Danielle said to me she likes listening to silence. That's quite, that's quite weird, man. No, it's not. It's listening, it's, weird. To, it's listening to yourself and what you're thinking. Do you know what? I, I, I put my hand in the air. I've definitely done this in the office before. I've put earphones in, pretending to be listening to something, just so other people won't talk to me. <laughs> I've definitely done that before. But outside, like, when no-one knows who you are... Oh, I, no, big time. I just think it's strange behaviour. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute radio. Just one final thing on putting earphones in and listening to silence that you and Danielle Perry do, Richie. Why don't you listen to, like, whale noises or, you know, uh, relaxing music? We've if talked I about this on the show before. to whale noises in my headphones to relax, I'd get irritated by the whales. You'd have a problem with... How can you have a problem with whales? They're wonderful things. Because I'd then be thinking about whales and would be very, very annoyed about them, about their thrashing around with their big tails and spouting up water when no-one's asking them to. Showing off. I just, I just want that silence. Some of my greatest content has come from oh, really? when I've been silent. Okay, yeah. all right then. But look, no one else has come forward. No, literally not one other person has come forward to say <laughs> that they put earphones in and listen to the silence, which means I think you and Danielle might just be weirdos. <laughs> Home time with Bush and Richie. Absolute radio. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. I could do with the audience being collectively with me tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. Okay, specific time this. What's going on? Plumber's coming over. Uh, let me take you back to Saturday morning when I came down and realised that there was a little drip. Not really a steady one, but a drip coming from underneath the boiler. Now, that's a tough one. It's a tough one to diagnose, isn't it, with a boiler? Because sometimes you can put your hand under there. That's condensation, isn't it? Exactly. Or is it a drip, though? Well, um, 
there had been so you know you get the old kitchen scales yeah uh, with the bowl on top of the scales that yes. had been underneath the boiler for a long long time and as I moved it I suddenly discovered <laughs> there's a fair bit of water in there <laughs> yeah I don't know how long that's been there for but there's a lot of water that's that's gathered in there yeah so obviously I've been monitoring it for the weekend there's still water that drips into it. Has it been erratic in its behaviour, the boiler? No, it's been... Cons- oh, well, the boiler has been consistently dripping over the weekend, but it's still been given us hot water and heat. OK, so it's but, been kind of, you know, fulfilling its basic roles within the household. It's been doing what it should do, yes. I agree with you on that. But the problem is, I'm aware that when the plumber comes round, the boiler is never a cheap thing, is no, it? No, no, it's one and of the as, worst. As a result, over the weekend, whenever I've come close to happiness and contentment, then the boiler comes back to the front of house. It's just there looming. It's kind of like, oh, by the way, don't forget about me, I'm still to be fixed and still to be paid for. Do you want the exact same thing happened to us? It kind of packed up over Christmas, so absolute nightmare. The day before, my mum and dad were coming up for, like, Christmas Day and everything, and we, you know, so you kind of have a faulty boiler then. And just waiting in the lounge whilst the, the plumber was in the room with the boiler, it was such a drama queen. It was almost like it was taking the, bo- the boiler's pulse. Or, you know, you got Abraham Lincoln like laid out <laughs> on the bed and we're trying to see how much longer he's got left. It's almost like sort of like an ill family member and yeah. you're waiting for like the doctor to come back and say, I'm afraid not. <laughs> yeah, it's not good news. <laughs> yeah. So, 11, sit down? 11 a.m. tomorrow morning, please... Pray for Richie's boiler. I, I tell you what, any suggestions on price? Anyone wants to pitch in? No, with no, 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 no. Potential not, price we're not on it. Some kind of price sweepstake, thank you. Let's have a little whip round. Now, how much do you reckon? The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute radio. Uh, so, Richie Firth wanting us to be on the rosary beads for him. 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, he's getting his boiler checked. That's not a euphemism. There's a man coming <laughs> around to have a look at it. Uh, this text gives you hope. Richie, don't panic just yet. We arrived home from holiday last April 2017 to a dripping boiler. A temporary fix was put in place by the plumber, costing a call out of maximum 70 quid. Added the last service to the register was still working and no need to fix it. Now, do you see, my problem hope. isn't actually the call out fee with the plumber, it's a new boiler. Because there's already, there's already been parts fixed last winter we're now into winter number two of this inherited boiler and if they keep replacing it it's going to end up the boiler equivalent of just the sugar babes spot on no original parts exactly do you know the other thing about um, one final thing on new boiler you always think new boiler you're going to get this amazing snazzy cool thing but it's just in the corner, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I wanted to do a bit more. I, I, if I get a new boiler, at some point it's going to happen at our house. I know it is because it's had, you know, it fell over last Christmas. I want disco lights or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Let's go the whole nine yards. Absolute Radio 30,000 well, you might need the cash for this. We've got £30,000 up for grabs. It could be yours, a life-changing amount of money. It could make your half-term extra special. It could pay for Christmas, a new boiler with disco lights on it, or it could mean a holiday somewhere incredible for New Year. I have actually priced this up. I'd get 23 Valent Ecotech boilers. Oh, nice model. For my th- <laughs> I know, it's the top nice of the range. Model, it's yes. Rolls-Royce, that is. Yes. Uh, you don't have to spend it on boilers. Uh, you can do it whenever you want, but... To get it, it is easy. Uh, you just need to get your phone out right now and text the word WIN to 81215. Those simple three letters in the form of the word WIN to 81215 now. The Absolute Radio. £30,000 giveaway. Text costs £2 
describe something to you now. Okay. And there's a reason why I'm describing it to you for you to then say what it is. Okay, I like this. So I'm describing it's quite a, like a fluffy little cake. Uh, it could be fruity, cheesy, plain, but served with jam, cream, or maybe just butter. <laughs> a fluffy little cake. Yeah. I'm so bad at these kind of things. <laughs> so jam. Do you, uh, I know, I got it, I got it, I got it. Just don't worry, I got this sorted. It's a scone. <laughs> right, okay. Is it a thank scone? You. It is. Phew. Or is it a scone? Oh, get out. Seriously, though. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? A map has now been published uh, to show the ongoing divide in the UK about, not Brexit this time, but the pronunciation of scone or scone. There's no divide. Bearing in mind I'm from Devon, right? There's n- there's no divide. There's no way in a million years it's called a scone. Just hear it. If you say scone, <laughs> listen to yourself say it out loud. You sound ridiculous. I... <laughs> scone. I... It's <laughs> absurd. I do say scone. Richie. And I don't think I do it with that Kenneth Williams lilt that you have just described yourself. Oh, could I have a scone? <laughs> do you really say scone? I just, do, yeah. Can you just do a mock order now? You've walked into a restaurant, just, just so I can hear you say it out loud. Um, could I have uh, some sc- scones? <laughs> there you go. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. So... This is ridiculous. (laughs) The data used has been collected by Cambridge University. Uh, Researchers examine the pronunciation of the word across the UK and Ireland. Swathes of the UK are yellow on the map, which shows that the area is actually split 50-50 about the word. But most of Ireland and most of southern England and the Midlands rhyme it with cone, so scone. Really? Whereas it's the north and Scotland that rhyme it with the word gone, so scone. So are you saying my brethren, my fellow people from Devon, are actually more likely to call it a scone? They are, and because of the time that you've spent up north is why you are going scone. Right, I am going to renounce my allegiance to Torbados, the whole thing about Torbay. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. What's the best? What's this button do? Wow. What does it do? Have you seen there's a button here that yeah. clicks red? Yeah, I'm going to do it right now. There's a button in the studio, right? If you press it, it clicks red. Yeah. But we've got no idea what it does. It does nothing. Does it hear? Does it feel any different to you? Can you hear any differently, Richie? Not at all, no. Let me click mine on. It looks like, you know, in Airwolf, when they're clicking the buttons in the ceiling... Yeah. ...to power up the helicopter. But, you know, the propellers would start with this in Airwolf. Nothing going on here. I love Airwolf. I used to love Airwolf. Yeah. And was, what was the big lad in the back called? The old, the old fella, Dominic. Do you remember him? No, I could just remember Stringfella Hawk. Stringfella Hawk, cool and guy. The, and the buttons. And the buttons, well, clicking, yeah. clicking on and off. And then there was this old fella called Dominic. He looked like someone who might own a corner shop or whatever. I'm going to Google him. Dominic. Dominic. He was just called Dominic. Uh, he had white hair. The, the, the weird thing that old men have sometimes where they have completely white ghost-like hair but jet black eyebrows. Dominic Airwolf. Dominic what a great name a... that would be. Yeah. Do you remember, he's a fairly big fella, filled out his boiler suit. Dominic Santini, there fictional character, played by Ernest Borgnine. 
bog noin. Yeah. And yeah, he was just sat there in the back. There he is, yeah. Just sat there. I don't know what he was doing when Stringfellow Hawk was flying it. I think uh, he was in the back just like reading magazines and eating <laughs> or whatever. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Dominic used to do. i by him. Oh, well. And he had a missing tooth. There you go. That's, that's the fun of information. What a great end to the podcast. That, that really was. was. Yeah. Strong end to the podcast. <laughs>